Hey everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. I am your podcast host, Jay Pate. Today is Friday, September 25th, and I just want to thank you guys for listening because this is part two of our celebration of Supreme Court Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I did part one on Wednesday when Justice was lying in repose and, of course, once again, becoming the first female to do so. And we were initially going to do part two yesterday, but since she was lying in state today, it was only appropriate to do second part. And I say we because I had my friend Miss Terry calling from Pittsburgh and co-host with me. We had a really great conversation. And I'm disappointed that for some strange reason, all of the audio with Miss Terry, it just didn't it didn't record when we were just doing the mixing. And I apologize for that because she had some really amazing things to say. So I wanted her to do part two. We got all the audio together now, and we are going to talk about uh, the wonderful art. Excuse me, RBG. But before I have Miss Terry introduce herself and we continue our celebration, I want to talk about something that I didn't know that much about with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and that's a case that she obviously was very significant in because the young lady that uh, was involved in this case, she spoke so highly of her on Wednesday. Here's a lady named Lily Ledbetter. She sued Goodyear for pay discrimination. And what she did is she sued them in 2007 and she won her case. So what ended up happening is a law was created, well, an act. It's now called the Lily Ledbetter Ear Pay Act. It was passed in 2009. And I want you guys to, especially women, to go and look that up so you can understand what was really going on in that case. And unfortunately, women are still not paid the same amount as men. But this was still a great step. And I really hope that you guys check it out. I just wanted to read that Judge Ginsburg was one of four justices who descended in the case. And she read the dissent from the bench. And this is what she said. She said, in our view, the court does not comprehend or is indifferent to the insidious way in which women can be victims of pay discrimination. The ball is in Congress's court to, com- excuse me, to correct this court's parsimonious reading of Title VII. And if you guys don't know what Title VII is, I think you guys need to go and do some research. I always try to influence people to do research because I'd rather you read the words with your own eyes instead of taking my advice. But I just wanted to start the uh, episode off with that information. And now what we're going to do is uh, hear from my friend, Miss Terry, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Before I let my co-host introduce herself, I do want to make a correction on part one of our celebration of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I said a quote, I mean, excuse me, I mentioned that she was the first professor at Columbia, and that's not what I meant. I meant to say, well, one, she was the first professor at Columbia with tenure. So I, I know I said that previously as well, but I think I also said she was the first professor. 
everybody. As I mentioned um, at the beginning, that we are doing part two of our celebration of the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And ironically, today it is her second funeral. She is the first woman that is lying in state. Uh, Wednesday, she was lying in repose. We were going to do part two yesterday, but I'm glad we waited until today so we can kind of talk about the... Uh, the wonderful life that she lived. Now, I want you guys to get an opportunity to once again, uh, let me introduce my friend of over 40 years, who was my co-host on Wednesday, and unfortunately the audio just it got invisible and had to be clipped out. We're gonna do part two of our celebration, and at the end of our talking about the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg, we are going to have my guests tell you a little more about the importance of voting, and especially at the local level, and also about filling out the census. So I'm going to ask her to introduce herself and then we'll get to understand why I needed to have her do part two because I want you guys to hear how dynamic she is. Okay, my guest, please introduce yourself. Hello, Shane talk about, like I said, this is part two of our celebration, and I had uh, Miss Terry talk about the great art, well, we're going to just call her the Notorious, as we know they call her, R-B-G, and we were talking on part one, which you guys didn't get to hear, about her education, how she was at Cornell, Harvard, and Columbia, and was number one doing it, and got married, and had kids, and Miss Terry, um, before we start talking about that, I do have a question about your introduction, so I was hoping you could tell my audience, what is a social entrepreneur? Oh, thank you for asking. A social entrepreneur, I stumbled into this, and some one day, all of a sudden, so 
someone said, oh, you're a social entrepreneur because of the work that I have done in my community, which is historical battle in um, outside the city of Pittsburgh. The social entrepreneur is a person who establishes their enterprise, and their enterprise should be focused on solving social problems, overall social change within their society. And if it's effective in your society, it prayerfully will become effective in the greater society. So as we talked about with Bader Ginsburg, on a local level, we move to county levels, and we move up to the state levels, and we move up to the federal level. That's the purpose of a social entrepreneur. Find yourself, and hopefully someone will gravitate towards what you are working on and begin to help fund the process also. Wow. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to reread something that I read on Wednesday and I said that it was very appropriate for me to read this when I was talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg and I also said this was appropriate when I was co-hosting with my friend Miss Terry cuz this is her too. And I just want to just read it again because it really is very powerful. And I was watching something and some Someone said the significant significance is better than being successful. And they explained the definitions they were using to make their statement make sense in their mind. And what they said was when your significance is, is important and it's meaning, it's a meaning of something. But being successful means you accomplish a purpose or a goal. But you could do something that you accomplish but it doesn't have a significant meaning. So it was pretty deep. And Miss Terry, I always say that that's you. And this is so appropriate that this day, and it's so funny because we weren't even going to do this episode on this day, but I'm glad we are doing it on Friday, September 25th, because you got this one-time opportunity to say, you know, we honored this woman. She got history in her death. She's lying in state. And it was so beautiful she um she had her favorite music was opera she had an amazing opera singer named denise graves sing and it was beautiful and she 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 i wasn't that familiar with her you know when you're african-american and become in that big of a fame area and you do something for someone that famous and i heard from what they were saying today that uh ruth Bader ginsburg loved this woman and knew her personally because the woman married one of her i think former um all clerks so look at that 360 it was really amazing to hear that so what you just mentioned and especially giving us the definition for people like me and those listening who really don't know anything about what the social entrepreneur is you just show once again what Ruth stood for. You know, she was about that equality and women power and do it whatever it takes. And you have, girl, your resume is like 30 minutes. <laughs>
and publicly received an acknowledgement of her achievement. Then she went on to Cornell. Then she was at Howard Law School where she was hit one of nine women in a class of 500. And Harvard, too. Now, if you're talking about Harvard, they didn't even want women in there. Right. And to think that even at her school at Columbia, she was the top of her class and right. graduated in 99. But then, like you also stated, she had her, her family. What she found was the importance of maintaining a purpose she succeeded in the goals that she had, but she didn't stay within the limits, the limitations and parameter of her goals. She went on to become significant, just like those other contemporaries that I listed. They all went on to do what was greater than them. They didn't just satisfy their own personal needs. They satisfied needs within the greater society. They saw that there was a need that extended beyond them as a person and would benefit the society as a whole. And so when you talk about the difference between success and significance, significance is going way beyond you, way right. beyond basis of your natural existence. Right, right. And that's exactly right. You know, you, you can point it and see today in her funeral, they said something that I didn't know. They did mention the fact that her mother died literally the day before her graduation, but I did not know she was valid Victoria. She was number one in her high school class too. So I didn't even know that. So she's just number one, period. You know, well let's 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 talk about some quotes. I I wanna I wanna read some quotes and get your comments on it, okay? First, before I read your quotes, I saw these two questions that someone asked her, and I'm, I'm fit on the paper, so y'all forgive me, but I saw these questions, there's two questions that she was asked, and I'm going to read her answers. One, one person asked her, when will there be enough women on the Supreme Court? And she said, when there are nine of them, which means all of them. <laughs> That's crazy. The second question was uh, when her male colleagues appeared indifferent about a girl's strip search by school administrations, what do you have to say? She said, they have never been a 13-year-old girl. Women will, women will have achieved true equality when men share with them the responsibility of bringing up the next generation. That was her response. Women get to share in the significance of a man, and also when men identify with the humiliation of women. When, when there's nine women on the Supreme Court, because there's always been a chance, a time when there was nine men. Remember, there had to be a first woman, so the Supreme Court has existed with nine men. When you have a time when there's nine women without question, that's when it will be equal. For the strip searching, the humiliation of young teenage girls who have began puberty, which is a time when they should have their innocence maintained and, if not guarded and kept safe, at that time, those who are supposed to be guarding them have stripped them down publicly. They would never have done that to boys. They wouldn't use a woman to strip down boys publicly. So when the men begin to identify with the humiliation of young girls at that age, we will reach equality. Okay, I like that. Okay, so let me read some quotes that she made. Let me know what you think. Um, this first quote says, my mother told me to be a lady and for her that meant be your own person and be independent. Well, I think being a woman it is a challenge because I'm one of those women that I say to people all the time, especially when we have 
is her, them, and they. And I say to people all the time, I am a woman. I'm pink. I'm soft. I'm gentle. I'm strong. And I don't apologize for any of those. Women can be independent and still be loved. Women can be themselves and still be other people, too. So if you think we come into the world and we are our father and mother's child, if we have siblings, then we are a sibling. And if our siblings go on and get married, then we become a sister-in-law. We become an aunt. And then if we have children, we become mothers. And then if our children have children, we become grandmothers. So women, just like men, can wear many hats. But to be a woman and maintain your personhood, maintain your individuality, love your husband and not have to submit underneath him to the point that you are no longer in person. There was a time when women were into property, property, not a person. But now we have the right to be equal and maintain our individuality. Be independent enough that she can still go to school and she can still have her own career. I like that. Okay, here's another statement. As women achieve power, the barriers will fall. As society sees what women can do, as women see what women can do, there will be more women out there doing things and will all be better off for it. I agree. I really do agree that, it, 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 and, and if you think about this um, definition for social entrepreneur, we want to affect change in society as a whole. We start in our part of society where we are significant and we do Women have strength. Other women have strength. Why? So why many women to bear children? And I remember hearing a very powerful T.D. Jake say, if men had to have children, wouldn't be no children born at all. We know that from them catching a the cold. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Within the greater society. When we hear first, it should be within 
a community member, then a, a family. This is the first person to become a doctor. But it should never be within a civilized society in 2020 that we continue to hear this is the first person. So much more mature beyond that. And when we accept that, when we accept limitations, and she stated women shouldn't be limited, we should not accept that because then women are not allowed to become decision makers. I don't understand how men have appreciated and respected women in the house that they can make in a household and without, you know, having to ask the father if he's not present on the decision he made. They will not appreciate a woman making decisions outside the house. The house is the first corporation and the first corporation was made by a woman. Okay, here's the last one, and I swear I am actually reading a quote because when I read it, I had to keep reading it. I'm like, she said this? She said this. This is crazy because when I read it, you done heard it before, but it came from somebody else. This is this is this is this is her quote. I asked no favor for my sex. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. Did you hear that before? Well, I think the other day when we were talking, if I believe, if I'm remembering appropriately, I remember saying the other day that a lot of times when you think about equality and women's rights, it parallels the equality for African American rights. I was just in a situation last year where I had a supervisor kept her foot. In 2019, the supervisor kept her foot on my neck, and I felt like she was trying to look in me, and I kept saying she needs to get her foot off of my neck. That was another female mistreating me. Imagine the pressure that comes from realizing that a male has put his foot on your neck. And I believe, and this is my personal opinion, for a man to feel the need to step on a woman's neck, his self-esteem must be very low. But when you are a man and you are walking in your footsteps and your shoe size, no one else should be able to bring you to the point that you got to stop what you're doing. I mean, stop being successful, stop being effective, turn around and put all your energy towards hindering someone, let alone hindering a woman. We don't want favors. We don't need you to give us a kiss. We don't need you to invite us into bed. If you invite us to lunch, we want you to invite us to lunch because you're respecting us as your pair, your contemporary. And every now and then, we want to invite you to lunch also. But we don't want you to give us those special privileges because you see us as the lesser equal. Or you see us as the less than person in the room. And so, oh, I feel sorry for her. So let me treat her to lunch as a, as a pity or a handout. We just want you to continue to give us the equal hand that you receive so we can climb up as you climb up. We can have the same opportunities that you had. There shouldn't even be a battle for equal pay between a male and a female colleague who have the same title in any organization or corporation in the United States of America. I agree. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I personally think this actually was better than Wednesday's conversation. And what I would love for you to do before we close out, I'm going to, you know, tomorrow is Saturday. And unfortunately, she hasn't even been put in the grave site yet. And they're trying to fill her seat. And, you know, I'm not going to mention the ladies that are the two ladies that were mentioned or the two top contenders. You know, I want people to do their research on these two ladies and find out all the things that they have in their background. But before we close out, and I would love for you to remind the listeners how important it is, like I said, to vote and, and vote at the local levels and how important it is for them to fill out the census report and how that can determine how many 
representatives you have in your area. Allegheny County. I am in District 
Let me see, what district? I'm in District 8. We have Allegheny County. We have an executive director, which is Ms. Fitzgerald. We have a county manager, which is William McCain. And we have a county council. And I had to stop and think. I'm in District 8 because I was doing a District 1. I'm in District 8, and my county council person is Paul Zavarella. So in Allegheny County, there's 13 districts. Then we have one, this one county council person for each district. And then we have two at-large districts. We have a treasurer, which is John Weinstein. We have a controller, which is Dr. Wagner. And then we have our sheriff, and we have our DA. All of those positions are voted in, and our VA is um, Steve Zapala. I, I remember that. I forgot his name. I worked it off the That's Steve Zapala. All of those positions are voted in. All of those are people that we decide. We trust them with our lives. We trust them with our money, our county treasurer. I pay my taxes for my property. It goes to the county treasurer. I have to believe that he's not going to embezzle the money. I vote in the people I know have the capacity to hold the position that they have. And when you get to your state level, have your governor, the lieutenant governor, our governor is Tom Wolf, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Our lieutenant governor is John Fetterman, who used to be the mayor of Murdoch, who is my friend. And we have our senators, and we have our representatives. And your senators and your representatives are selected by you. And for each district in Pennsylvania, each district gets a senator, and each district gets a state representative. And those lines for the senator and the representative are not drawn exactly the same. So therefore, my senator may overlap with somebody who has a different representative. As a senatorial district, I'm in 45, and my senator is James Brewster. As a representative district, I'm a congressional district, I'm in District 34, and my congressperson in the, at the state level, which is my state rep, is Summer Lee. I know both of those people. My name, I know them by face, and I know them by phone number. I can email my elected official. And what happens is we forget that we can communicate with the people who are in office. You should have the ability to go on your local website, and there should be an email access point where you can begin to email your concerns. And you can sign up to be on the agenda at your council meeting. So you need to know when your council meeting is held and when you have a problem. You go and speak about it on the agenda. And guess what? You will find that there may be other residents who are feeling the same way you're feeling, whether it's pro or con in a certain situation. And you may find that you have allies in the room and you all can help to make something better or change what's worse and make it better. You can enhance what is already working. So on the state level, the same way. You go on the state website. I do PA government. I go on the website. It'll ask me, do you want to locate your senator? Do you want to locate your representative? You hit that prompting. It'll ask you, do you want to locate somebody your zip code? Do you want to locate somebody your address? If you say yes, it'll find your senator or your state rep for you. And from each of their um, pages, there's an opportunity for you to email straight from their page. You email them and say, here's what I see is happening on the state level and I would like for you to address these issues. If you think that you need addressing uh, to address issues, that, um, is, do we have enough money for bridges? Do we have enough money? We I see the street lights are out. You contact your local level, but if you're Pennsylvania. We vote in our, our 
Arlington governor. We also vote in our judges at the low county level. And guess what? We also vote in our magistrates at the local level. But if there's an opening, if there's somebody who passes away, guess who appoints that person at the state level? The governor. Your governor. You have to have a relationship with these people. So what happens is at the federal level, you have a senator. Every state in, a, in, in the United States of America gets two senators. Two. Senator that I know one-on-one is Bob Casey. He is my senator. I know his face. He knows mine. So he forgets my name, and I'm not offended by that, but he'll say, no, tell me your name. But I know that means he still remembers that he has met me. And you also have your congressman and your congresswomen. So we just learned I'm coming from our census population count. You must vote, and you must turn in your census. I know who my congressman is at the federal level. My congressman is Mike Doyle, and we love him, and we appreciate him. He listens, he's very passionate, and he's a very sensitive person. He is affected by what affects the people in this um, congressional district. So you have to know these um, I learned that the population of the congressmen and women comes from the population of census. They have two-year terms. I, I wanted you to know that. I know that, but I, I want you to know that they have two-year terms. When you hear their names coming up again, because they have to wait two years. And um, the appointment that we need is for the I'm in District 18 on the federal so you guys could really understand what things do and what things, excuse me, what things happen when you vote. And I please, I beg you, do not go with that my vote don't count mess. Because, see, I have friends who say, oh, my vote don't count. And I always, they get mad because they say, well, act like it does and go vote anyway. Because, see, those are the same friends that if they woke up tomorrow and was told you will not be allowed to vote ever again, they'd be mad and wanting to fight and protest and be arguing. And I'm like, but you wasn't even going to vote anyway, but you're mad because your rights was taken away. We have all these people who have died for the right to vote. And, you know, Oprah made a comment and people were saying she was really, um, I should have played, played the clip because I actually have it. She was here in Atlanta and this is when Stacey Abrams was running for governor and she was down 
down here during the show with Stacy, and she was saying something I can't even remember. And I'm didn't Google it. I'm sure the comment she made about if you didn't vote, you don't count or something like that. But you know, I don't want to say you don't count, but let's just keep it real. Right now on this day, September 25th, 2020, I'm gonna tell you something, girl. I am scared because I have never felt so just upset, hurt, disappointed, angry, scared. I mean, there's so many emotions that you don't even know where you are sometimes. And the reality is, you know, I think, you know, I know you say how in the mornings you get up and you meditate and Jasmine, my daughter, makes me do that now. And I was this morning, I woke up feeling really good, especially knowing we were going to do this. I got on my treadmill and I listened to 30 minutes of gospel music because that's the worst for men. Sometimes if I got extra energy, I might, I got two workout uh, playlists. So I try to do something to motivate myself. But, you know, I have to get myself like prayed up in the morning. That's before I turn on the television because it seems like every five minutes, literally every five minutes, there's breaking news. Breaking news used to be just when it was really breaking, but it's every day, all day, even when you ain't watching the news. <laughs> and so, you know, I tell people, please vote for the just to end this nightmare right now that we are really, really experiencing. And I keep saying, please, this is a dream. Maybe this is a reality show, but that's what's happening right now. But anyway, I just want to thank you, Miss Terry, for coming back to do part two. And I still, you know, I apologize that part one ended up the way it did, but I'm going to tell you something. I like part two better personally, and I'm glad you were able to just be a part of this and break it down. And so I'm glad, I mean, everything today worked out for a reason, because as you and I discussed, we're going to, uh, I'm going to just finally have an agenda because this is like week four and I was just trying to get it going, but now I'm going to have a Monday, Wednesday and Friday agenda. I'm going to do, um, I'm going to do, thanks to your suggestion. Um, I'm going to do um, men is not going to be men Monday after this upcoming Monday. We are going to move the men to Friday. Then they can listen to what the ladies got to say during the week. And then they can have their comments or have their own stories to tell. So we're going to do uh, men Monday. Uh, this upcoming Monday is the last men Monday. And we're going to turn it into fantastic. We're going to do positive. This is all about positivity. So we're going to call these men fantastic fellas. So we're going to do fantastic fellas Friday starting next week week we're going to start everything uh regularly starting october 1st so ironically next friday is october 2nd and um we're going to do something for i need to be motivated on mondays i'm gonna tell y'all right now because i hate mondays anybody know me know i hate mondays so much it out took off every monday last year literally off where i was i just can't mondays mm -mm. mondays is a little too much and i think maybe after the election it'll be a little better uh, mm -mm -mm. so we're gonna do a monday um marvelous thanks to miss terry's suggestion it's gonna be marvelous motivating monday so i'm looking forward to that so that'll start october 5th and maybe those two t's in the week tuesday and thursday we can make a miss terry something and up and coming episodes <laughs> i'm gonna keep throwing that out out there because I think she's really good at this and I would love for her to uh, co-host some shows with me and the last two days of the week are TNT so ironic. I don't believe in the coincidences though. I'm just telling you Miss Terry. But I want to say I really appreciate you doing this and I, we already talked about we're going to do this again and like I said Tuesdays and Thursdays are still there. But anyway, um, I just want to see uh, if there's anything you want to say before we close out the show. I want to 
You're fading in and out. I want you to start over because you're fading in and out. I don't know if you're moving, but we can't hear you. And we don't want this to happen again. I want you to speak clearly. <laughs> I wanted to say congrats to your podcast. I always had the courage to jump out and to try new and new opportunities. And you have launched out with this. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. And I want to say thank you for inviting me on. And hello and goodbye. Say I appreciate you. I really do. And we're going to close it out. And I just want you guys to hit us up on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Advocacy Ladies. That's capital A is in Advocacy, capital L is in Ladies. Or y'all can give us a call. Let us know what you feel about the podcast at 404-855-7723. And you can send us an email at podcasthostshapotay19 at gmail.com. And you know, I like to end up my episodes by asking, what do you have to say? Thank you for listening.